Do you want more of God's presence in your life? Today on Bold Steps, we're learning how to make room by simply yielding to God. God elevates the humble, but sometimes He has to bring to their knees those that walk in pride and arrogance before Him. True spiritual influence comes not through arrogant pride. True spiritual influence comes from deep-seated, genuine humility. Welcome to Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and also Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today's lesson can be a challenging one for many of us as Mark is showing us just how important it is to submit to the will of God. Oftentimes, even without realizing it, we can begin to assume total control over every part of our lives. We do what we want to do with our finances, our time, and our relationships. But as Christians, We're meant to be living under the authority of God, not ourselves. And to help us get a better grasp of this important truth, here now is Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Listen, when you're submitted to the authority of Jesus, this is not your sexuality and you do whatever you want with it. You don't sleep with whoever you want. Hey, I can sleep with whoever I want. I can do whatever I want. No, not if you're in Christ. In Christ, you've been bought with a price. Your body doesn't belong to you. Your sexuality doesn't belong to you. It's under the authority of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, that's what it means to come under authority. You don't sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. You don't do whatever you want to. That's not your body. Listen, you don't talk however you want to talk. I can say whatever I want to say, when I want to say it, however I want to say it. Yeah, if you were you, you could, but not if you're under the authority of Jesus because now your tongue belongs to God, your words belong to God, your expressions belong to God, and now you are God's and you're under submission. Well, hey, I can... I could take advantage of whoever I can have revenge on whoever someone messes with me. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, you could if you were yours, but if you're under submission, you have to bring in about forgiveness and uh, empathy and mercy and peace. You see, you don't belong to yourself anymore because now you belong to God and submission to God means that he is in control of your life and you are not in control of your life. That's what submission means. You say, well, pastor, I don't like that. Well, listen, you may not like that, but that's what it means to become a Jesus follower. When you come to Jesus and you say that you are giving your life to Christ, it's not just as a Savior, it's a Lord. The Holy Spirit comes inside of your body, and now your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I can do whatever I want. I can snort whatever I want. I can smoke whatever I want. Maybe on your own you could before, but now your body belongs to Jesus. And so now your temple belongs to Jesus. Your mind belongs to Him. Your body belongs to Him. Your sexuality belongs to Him. You say, well, I can, I'm married. I can do whatever I want in my marriage. I can treat my wife however you want. No, you can't. Not if you belong to Jesus because now he's asked you to love your wife. He's asked you to serve your wife. He's asked you to, he's asked you to give your life for if you have to. See, what I'm telling you is that following Jesus, you die to yourself and you resurrect to a new person, but a person that submitted to the lordship and authority of Jesus. Yeah. 
Because I'm, sure, I'm not sure I want that, Pastor. Then you don't want Jesus. Amen. The Bible says whoever, whoever loses his life finds his life. It's the way of the cross. Well, that, you say that sounds hard. Yeah, it's death to self. But ultimately, it's life. And life abundantly. Because ultimately, when you follow the way of Jesus, it's called the narrow way, the difficult path. But when you follow the way of Jesus, it leads to life. It leads to abundance. But it also, take up your cross daily and follow Him. None of us like to submit. But implicit in being a follower of Jesus, listen, we all have something that we give up. Can I just say that? If you are thinking about following Christ today, if you're thinking about becoming a Christian, it has nothing to do with joining a church. So don't think about, well, I got, maybe I'm going to become a Christian. I'll show up on Sunday, an hour and a half, learn to worship, raise my hands like they do kind of way back and forth and carry a Bible. No, that's not what it means to become a Christian. We just do that as Christians. Becoming a Christian is not learning how to say, hey, bro, sis, uh, hallelujah, walking in victory. No, no, no. I'm not talking about a Christian culture. I'm talking about a Christian lifestyle. I'm talking about living for the one that has paid a price to save you, resurrect you, change you. It involves Monday through Saturday, not a service on Sunday morning. And, and, and that's, that's the challenge of this because when you come to Jesus the Christ, that's what you're doing. You are saying, I died to myself and I'm resurrected. We show that in baptism. Baptism means that we bury the old self. We resurrect to the new self in Jesus. And it's not I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. So being submitted to Christ means that I have submitted my will and my life, who I am, to the Lordship of Jesus the Christ. Our spiritual authority comes in direct proportion to our ability and willingness to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. There are many of us here today that have a shallow Christianity. We've only gotten so far in our walk because there's areas in our life that we cling to and hold on to and we're unwilling to submit to God to. And so we reach a certain level, and then we say, God, not this. And God says, no, I want it all. Every part of you. All of you. I want it all. And so our spiritual authority and influence comes via submission. Number three, write this down. Verse eight says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Number three, steps of yielded humility draw the presence of God. I love this part, by the way. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. That's a promise. That's a principle. Listen to me. Look up at me. This is real important. Way, those of you way in the back, I could still see your face. <laughs> you are as close to God as you are willing to be. 
draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Promised. Principled. You say, oh, Pastor, I just want to be closer to God. I don't know what it is. God seems far off. No, no, no. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. As you draw near to God, though, he's going to show you things that need to change. And that will make you highly awkward and uncomfortable if you're unwilling to change. I grew up in a small town in Spain called Rubena. A few miles away from the town that I grew up in, there were some caves. Las Cuevas de Atapuerca. These caves became very famous. There's a museum in downtown built from some of the bones that they found in these caves, some of the paintings that they found, the quote-unquote prehistoric paintings that they found. But when I was a kid, we would just go into these caves, and I would go for miles and miles underground. And um, we loved to take people from the city to these caves, take them way inside of the caves with our flashlights, then turn off our flashlights, hide, and watch them panic. But one thing about these caves is these were not caves with man-made steps. There's no lights. These were undeveloped caves. And so we would go and you'd crawl through little tunnels and it was muddy and it was slippery and there was huge stalactites and stalagmites and you would crawl through a little tunnel and then come for, to a big gallery. And I knew the caves and so um, we would go sometimes hours and hours in these caves and our eyes would be acclimated to the dark and so it was very, very dark inside. And then after hours and hours in these caves, we would start to approach the entrance of the cave as we we're walking out of the cave. And maybe there was four or five or six of us. As, be we, as we would be walking out of the cave, suddenly we would start to squint because our eyes would see the light. And then we would look at one another and we would start to laugh at each other because when we're in the dark, we don't see the smudges of dirt. We don't see the, the, the mud on our face and how dirty we are from crawling around. But when we get to the light, we start to realize how dirty we are because the light exposes dirt. The closer we come to the light, the more we see the dirt. The brighter it becomes, the more that we see how dirty we really are. Come on, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. But when you draw near to God, His glory, His brilliance... His holiness will begin to expose areas in our life that need transformation. You'll begin to see the stains on your heart. You'll begin to see the issues of your soul. And you will have this drive, this compelling uh, motivation to say, I need to cleanse my hands. I need to purify my heart. I need to repent over areas. I need to deal with issues in my life because I'm drawing close to God and my closeness to God is exposing the areas I need to change. And Mark Job will continue with the final part of this lesson here in just a minute on Bold Steps. Remember, you can find all these daily Bible teachings from Mark anytime by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Hey, and while you're there, 
be sure to reach out and let us know you're listening. We love to hear an encouraging comment, a testimony, a question, what God is doing in your life. And by the way, we also have set up a phone line if you prefer to call and maybe the internet's not your thing. You can always dial 312-329-2011. That's 312-329-2011 and just leave a message. We will get back to you and we may even play your comment, testimony, or question on yeah. the air. Well, it wasn't phoned into us, but I do have a comment from a Bold Step listener on our podcast. This listener says, there's never been an episode that has not had me completely engaged, motivated, and feeling I can relate to it. Every word spoken with conviction pours into your heart, faith, and soul. A must if you simply need a good podcast, not only about Christianity and the Word, but hope restored, love, fear, doubt, anxiety, and real day-to-day struggles. Thank you for being such a huge part of my every day. That's what, that's what a podcast is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Wow, thank you for that word of encouragement. I, we appreciate that. And uh, we pray uh, before every recording that God would take these uh, podcasts, that God would take these messages, however people are listening, and that God would speak at the right time, the right moment, the right word. So thank you for that word of encouragement. Yeah, you may be listening on radio or a podcast. Regardless, we'd love to hear from you. To share your testimony and tell us how Bold Steps has helped you in your faith, just go online to boldstepsradio.org. Now, returning to our message for today, here's Mark Job with more Bold Steps. You know, John chapter 3, verse 20 says, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Can I tell you something? The Bible says, I'm talking about yieldedness. Listen to me. Some of you have gotten stuck in your walk with God. You've gotten to a certain distance from the light. And the Holy Spirit, by His power, in His gentleness with grace, begins to show you things. Unforgiveness, purity, lack of love, yieldedness to me. And we get there, and we start to see it. We get to the light, and we think, ah, we start to retrieve back into the cave. Because we think, ah, I don't want to deal with this. I, I don't want to look at it. So we retrieve back into the cave instead of pressing into his glory. Listen, some of you have been stuck for a long time because you're retrieving from the glory of God. And God is saying, you know, you're as close as you want to be. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. But the act that is required is that you have to go to the hard places in your life and be willing to deal with the messes that God is asking you to deal with. You say, well, pastor, I don't want to. Then be ready to be stuck forever in lukewarmness. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit that draws you to himself will make you unhappy. Eventually, you'll wake up and you'll be unsettled. You'll say, I don't like this because the Spirit's drawing you to the light. The Spirit's drawing you closer to God. The Spirit's saying, come on, get out, come closer from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Some of us are stuck at the first glory. And God is saying, come on, from glory to glory glory to glory to glory from transformation let God transform you from the inside out and then lastly the Bible tells us that 
Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humbly yielding yourself before results in greater influence. Can I just say this as we close? Listen to me well. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. That word exalt means he will lift you up. He will lift you up. The more you try to lift yourself up, the more you try to aggrandize yourself, the more you try to put yourself in control of your life, the more you try to brag about who you are, inflate your ego, let other people know how important you are, the more God will humble you and put you down and literally eventually bring you to your knees. God opposes the proud. It tells us in Scripture that pride comes before the fall. Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember his story, he looked over his kingdom and he, and he said to himself, look what I have achieved. Look what I have done. And God had warned him, hey, don't, don't be proud. You need to give honor and glory to God. And so God brought the prophet to tell him, hey, you who think you're great, you will be humbled, and for seven years, you will have the mind of an animal. You will eat like an animal. You will be in the palace, in the courtyard of the palace, naked, long fingernails, stringy hair, eating like an animal. And for seven years, God humbled himself to show him heaven rules, and you do not. Listen, I want you to clearly understand this. Everything that you've achieved, all that you've done, in a moment, God can take it away. Never forget that. Never forget that. In a moment, God can take your health. In a moment, God can take your riches. In a moment, God can humble you. In a moment, God can do it. And God sometimes does it in order to get our attention because God wants to remind you, listen, you are not in control. Heaven rules. God is in authority and power. And God elevates the humble, but sometimes he has to bring to their knees those that walk in pride and arrogance before him. True spiritual influence comes not through arrogant pride. True spiritual influence comes from deep-seated, genuine humility. How do you know that you're humble? Humble people are not afraid to humble themselves before others. Humble people say, forgive me, I've sinned. Humble people acknowledge mistakes. Humble people are willing to be the first to say, I'm sorry, I blew it. Humble people aren't afraid to worship God in spirit and in truth and humble themselves before God because they're not really concerned about what people think. They're concerned about how God views them because that's true humility. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15 says, For this is what the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So as we close this time of fasting and prayer, corporate fasting and prayer together, we have humbled ourselves before God Almighty. 
We have bowed our knee before heaven, declaring, God, we need you. We have abstained from food to one degree or another to say, God, we cannot handle this on our own. We are happy to say, we need you, God. But as we exit out of this time of fasting and prayer, God, we pray that we would keep a spirit of humility, God. That we would keep a heart that says, we need you, God, desperately. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. As the body needs oxygen, God, we need your presence more than anything else. And if in my pride and self-sufficiency and arrogance I see no need for God, then God eventually and ultimately will bring me to a place of humility where I look to the heaven and cry out, Oh God, my God, rescue me because I need you. My challenge is to you, my challenge is to me to keep a spirit of humility, declaring that we cannot save ourselves. Nothing that we could do, all our works are as dirty rags before God, that we desperately, desperately need something that only Jesus can give us. Yeah, and I want to just remind you, maybe you are listening, maybe you're a new listener, or maybe you come from a religious background, but you have never come to that point of actually yielding your life fully to God in faith and repentance. We call that being born again. Maybe you're at the point that you felt the tug of God, the pull of God, You haven't been able to describe what it is, but now, today, as you've listened to this message, you know it's been God calling you. So I would like to pray with you. I would like to pray a prayer of faith. For those of you that are saying, today I need to give my life to God, I know it's a decision I need to make. And it's not the magic of this prayer, but it's the sincerity of your faith and your willingness to invite the presence of God to transform you. So if this is what you're doing, then I'd like for you just to pray with me or after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. Today I yield myself to you. I need you to come save me, change me, wash me. Today I choose to follow you. I yield my life to your Lordship. I turn from the way that I've been living, and I ask that you would come in and transform me from the inside out. I pray this in faith, believing that you are the Savior, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And if you've made that decision today, there's a very helpful video on our website called My Next Step. Mark will lead you through the decision. So check that out online at boldstepsradio.org. Now, Mark, tomorrow we're starting a series of messages from the book of Matthew based on the Beatitudes called Revolutionary. Why is Revolutionary such a fitting title for this? (laughs) You know, the Christian life is countercultural. It's revolutionary. Jesus says some things in the Sermon on the Mount that would leave his audience aghast. Like, how could that be? Like, love your enemies and uh, bless those that curse you. It's radical just stuff, huh? Radical, revolutionary, countercultural, kingdom of God living. Yeah. 
Well, that's coming up tomorrow, so be sure to join us for that series, which begins then. But to wrap up today's program, I'd love for you to tell our listeners about our brand new Bold Step gift from Dr. Gary Chapman. Yeah, we had uh, Dr. Chapman in our studio not too long ago uh, just talking about this book. It's called God Speaks Your Love Language. And Dr. Chapman talks about five love languages. And, you know, sometimes we think about it between our own relationships, but we don't think about it when it comes to God. But God is our Father, and He knows how to speak to us in the language that we most understand. And so I think many of you that are perhaps having a difficult time connecting with God, um, I think you're going to find this book helpful. Yes. We'll send you a copy of Dr. Chapman's book, God Speaks Your Love Language, when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. So call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or give your financial gift and request Dr. Chapman's book online at boldstepsradio.org. You can also mail your gift to us. Just send your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And one final reminder that if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel and get each of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. Whether you prefer Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast app, you'll find us by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. Like our page and leave us a comment to let us know that you're listening. And then why don't you share some of your favorite messages with friends and family? Well, that's our time for today. Be sure to join us tomorrow for the start of our next study in the book of Matthew called Revolutionary. That's coming up Wednesday here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.